You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Steve Peters, along with Craig S. Morgan and Noel Leah Merrill today. Leah has graciously taken the day off because Craig and I are in and out these last two or three weeks. So thought we'd give her the day off and we'll see how bumpy this ride is without her guiding the ship. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, PD, is this a, is this another background? No, this is the same it. one. I'm back in the it basement okay. in Iowa again. Okay. I know. Okay. I, I'm in basement no. in Iowa the next couple of days. You guys will be at Four Peaks. Yeah, I can't even find that, buddy. Can't I know, isn't that? T- it's it's almost like a cruel punishment. Yep. Because you're sitting right by the vats of beer, like you're literally you could reach out and touch them, and then you can't drink. And both of I don't know if it's your favorite Four Peaks. My favorite Four Peaks is Kilt Lifter, and it's a three dollar special on uh, PHNX Wednesdays, and I won't be there. And you're the Wows, and the Wows are on three dollar specials too. So yep, and you can't have them. Yeah, this is brutal. But get me the surgery. I'll be hobbling around for a little while. So back up the on sur- my surgery's Thursday. Yep. Right. And we're hoping to be out of the hospital by Friday morning at the latest. At the latest. That's unreal to me. But I do expect, because you're a reporter, I do expect some kind of contact or updates throughout the day Thursday. Here's what I'm going to say. If they allow me to have my phone anywhere near, you know, anywhere early in the process, if I don't have to stick it in a locker and just unplug I'm going to send some sort of pre-operation video to you guys. And then hopefully afterward, you know, I can get Tara to take a picture or or shoot a video of me completely groggy and completely out of it, drooling in my bed or something. (laughs) So like a normal night for you. That's what we need for Tara. We do need that video. I want the the groggy um, recovery room Craig Morgan video. We need to have that. So whatever it takes, I know she's all in. Like she'll do it. But anyway, she could use to embarrass you. 100% 100% she's going to do it. Well, we, we you know, I, I, we will wish you a speedy recovery, and we hope to see you. Like, is there a chance you're in the studio Monday? We'll see, buddy. We'll Doubtful. see how, how well I'm getting around. See, but here's what's happening. I'll be in the studio Monday. So you can't be. Like, we, we haven't been in the studio together maybe one time in the past two months. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. <sighs> but you've been on the road for three months, so. I know. I'm. So, I, I know. We were talking about that today at, at breakfast. How how long it's been. I just want to get home. I just want to get home. But today, 
is another Trade Talk Tuesday. And we're going to go way back. And that's why we did a way back one, because Leah was, she might have been born. She might not have. I don't know. I know she was probably a toddler during this. Um, But we're going to go back to 2004. And we're going to go to February 13th, 2004, when the Arizona Coyotes sent 37-year-old goaltender Sean Burke, forward Bronco Radovojevic, and unsigned draft pick Ben Eager to the Philadelphia Flyers for 23-year-old centerman Mike Comrie. So you got to go way back to 2004. And Craig, I'll let you get your initial thoughts in on this one. Well, I mean, if you look at the context of this trade, uh, Brian Boucher was coming off that shutout streak, that modern record shutout streak of five plus games. So they wanted to give him a little more time. Um, Berkey was getting up there in years. It looked like Boucher might be their guy that could carry them. And ironically, Mike Barnett, who had traded Danny Briere one year earlier, was looking for an offensive centerman. <laughs> and he loved Mike Comrie, who I'm not even sure is, 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 is as tall as Danny Briere. It's just so ironic because when they made the Briere trade, we need more size at center. A year later, oh, we need a skilled center. So you go get Mike Comrie, who, of course, also has the Edmonton connection. He's an Edmonton wonder kid. Gretzky and Mike Barnett were in love with this kid. He had an incredible junior career, so it was time to bring in Mike Comrie to give the Coyotes some offense, and it was time to ship out Sean Burke, who I'm going to go ahead and say it, Petey, uh, never held back on his feelings about what was happening with the team. He was not afraid to talk to media, not afraid to voice his opinion to management, and he saw some of the dismantling of this team, and it, it wasn't a full rebuild at this point. Mike Burnett was not committing to a rebuild. He was still trying to win by acquiring you know, whoever he was acquiring, whether it was a player like Comrie or, you know, washed up uh, guys who had had been stars with other teams. Um, Berkey didn't like what was happening. I think he was a little too vocal and it probably wasn't popular with management. So put all that in a pot, stir it up, and you get this trade of three players, three players for a guy that uh, you, you know a little bit about why Comrie was headed out of Philadelphia. Did the Coyotes even need to send three players in this trade? Meeting? See, here's, here's what interests me. There's a lot of things going on here. And, and the, the, the biggest asset in this trade in the, it's Burke Radovojevic, Ben Eager, who at that point had, he was a high draft pick and Mike Comrie, the biggest piece in this puzzle was Sean Burke. And you look at the Philadelphia Flyers at the time and the Philadelphia Flyers were a team that's, going to make the playoffs and they had their starting goalie at the time was Robert Esch, who was Sean Burke's backup years earlier yeah. in Arizona. He had gone that. down with a knee injury, so he's out. Then they had acquired Jeff Hackett, who was at the time was 35 years old. He wasn't playing because he had vertigo. So he's out of the lineup. So now you've got a, you've got the Philadelphia Flyers saying they're going to be a playoff team and they don't have a goalie. And so, you know, if you're going to be in the playoffs, what do you need? You need a goalie. So he is to me, the biggest asset and Philadelphia needed him. So you, you, you go to the Arizona Coyotes looking to move an older asset, trying to get him out. But to me, he's by far the most valuable asset here. So going back to it, they wanted to get rid of Comrie because he hadn't produced like they had hoped for in Edmonton. Mike Comrie's best years were in Edmonton in his first two years, you look at that is the only other time um, he got what his second year, he got 33 goals in the league. So he didn't perform like that in Philly. They wanted to move him out. To me, it's a one for one. 
at Sean Burke, Mike Comrie, make it clean and go. What I don't understand was the ancillary pieces to this, because you look at Bronco Radovojevic at the time. And again, he's a guy that was a marginal player. He's a third line player for the Arizona Coyotes. He never got more than 10 goals in a season. Uh, actually, it was 12. But he wasn't a high-end offensive guy, but he did play in the Young Guns All-Star game because he was incredibly fast. He was a great skater. He was a right-hand shot that could get up and down um, the right wing, played well defensively, killed penalties. I really liked Bronco Radovojevic. I know his career numbers aren't absolutely outstanding, and they, 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 they didn't reflect a high offensive player, but he played for the Minnesota Wild. He went on to play in Europe for another 10 years. But I don't know if it's an asset that you needed to get rid of at that time. And Ben Eager at the time, he was a high-end draft pick. He was picked in the first round, 23rd overall, and he was still putting up great numbers and, and a lot of penalty numbers with the Oshawa Generals and juniors. And it was another asset you would like to have seen the Coyotes try to develop within. And so I remember at the time going three for one to me seemed excessive to get Mike Comrie. And so that's where I, 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 I try to wonder what was going on behind the scenes and, and why to me, it looked like Mike, Mike Barnett, the GM at the time really, really overvalued what Mike Comrie might be able to provide this team. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I think you look at the age difference, right? You're, you're talking about a 37 year old goaltender versus a 23 year old center. So that probably factored into it as well. You're gaining so much potential down the road versus Burke being at the end of his career. So maybe you have to throw in an extra piece, but two extra pieces. That, that does seem a bit excessive. Um, and another problem, Craig, is, is you got to look at the timing because this is 2003, four. So Philly makes the playoffs. Sean Burke makes one start in the playoffs. Great for them. Coyotes. Again, this isn't their time. They're not time to admit they were last in, in their division. They were third to last in, in the West, but you got to, it's coming into the lockout. And in the four, 2004 5 was a completely wasted year. So you look at who the number one draft pick was in 2004. To go back to the 2004 draft when people are scrambling. And I know it wasn't a full rebuild yet, but the Coyotes were last in their division, third to last in the West. Worst team in the NHL that year? The Pittsburgh Penguins were dead last. Chicago was second to last. Washington Capitals, third to last. Ping pong balls fall in 2004 in favor of the Washington Capitals, and they take with the number one draft pick in 2004, Alexander Ovechkin. So is that a, is that a pretty big prize? Yeah, pretty big prize to get Alexander Ovechkin in the draft. And so you go into the lockout losing, you end up with the fifth overall pick. You take Blake Wheeler and we had our draft show, Craig, we said Blake Wheeler might be the best draft pick ever by an Arizona Coyotes organization at that time. And he was fifth in that draft. That draft was outstanding. If Kenny Malkin goes second. Um, so there were a lot of factors leading to that. And unfortunately, who knows what Mike Comrie would have been that next year. Cause he didn't play. I mean, he played in Europe. A lot of guys went to play somewhere else that year, but that was an entirely lost season. So you got players in for a few months. Then this, then the season shuts down the next year. So honestly, hard to assess this because you don't know what path these players would have taken if there would have been a season. Yeah, you could. Yeah. And, and Mike Comrie only en ends up playing 132 games with the Coyotes total. Now, he did have a 30 goal season, but overall, 45 goals, 95 points before they I don't even want to talk about it. We'll get to the trade tree in a minute who they traded him for, because that that was a bad trade. Um, who? When you look, exactly. When you look at the yeah. trajectory of these players. Berkey was only in the league two more years after that season in Philly. And like you said, he goes to Philadelphia 
Robert Esch comes back, leads the Flyers to the Eastern Conference Final within one game of the Cup Final. They lost to Tampa, the eventual champ, in seven games in the Eastern Conference Final. Berkey playing understudy to his former understudy. He knocks around for two more seasons, and he's out of the NHL. Uh, in 88 games with the Flyers, Radovojevic only had eight goals and 14 points. He was out of the league by 2008. And then there's Ben Eager, who there were a lot of great things said about him early on. He ends up playing 111 games with the Flyers, only has nine goals and 19 points. But he eventually won a Stanley Cup with the Blackhawks in 2010. He was a critical part of their very good fourth line that season. You, you had something you wanted to add, I know. No, no, it, it's it, but it's interesting when you look at Ben Eager, and I, I wonder what he would have been in Arizona at that time, only because of his size, and he was a guy that was a physical winger, and he, he could add it's an element that too. I don't think the Coyotes had at that time, a, a, a strong, skating, big player, but they've always coveted that here, and, and unfortunately, you just never found what he could become. Um, and it, it is funny when you follow his trade tree and I, we, it's not actually part of this trade tree, but which you'll get into, but I just want to follow the Ben Eager one. Cause Ben Eager went from Philly to Chicago for Jim Vandermeer, who ends up becoming an Arizona coyote. <laughs> so it is amazing how all these things eventually come circle. I'll let you take the Mike Comrie piece of the trade tree and, and track this one because who Right. Exactly. Who? So Mike, Mike Comrie, as I mentioned, did not stay in Phoenix very long, but you know, this is a guy who has 30 goals one season. He has, he has a a, a decent start to the next season. Then he's off to Ottawa. What does he go off to Ottawa? I, I, I honestly did not even remember this guy's name. I had never heard of this guy before on January 2nd, 2007, the Coyotes trade Comrie to Ottawa for prospect. Alexi. Kai Gorodov, who never played a game for Phoenix, played all of six NHL games, all of those with Ottawa before the trade, and spent most of his very unremarkable career in the KHL. So you traded this guy that you coveted so much, this this Edmonton kid, this this offensive star for for what? For a guy that yeah, nobody's he- heard of. You covet him so much. He gets 30 goals and you go, okay. And and I remember saying at the time he gets 30 goals. Ty Shane Doan for the lead, the team lead in goals with 30. Doan leads with points, just barely. Comrie's second in points. And you go, okay. I, I mean, it wasn't a, he, like you said about the, the, the Danny Briere comparison. He was a small statured guy. He was always around the net. He always seemed to find points. He was good on the power play. Okay. So now I'm over the, oh, the, the Sean Burke love affair and Sean Burke's gone. Comrie's okay. Guys like him. He's well-liked. He's a friendly guy. Everything's great. The next season, you trade him for, for, huh? A guy that plays six games in the league. So those are the ones I wish I would have paid more attention to back then on what the pieces were. I don't know if if Mike Comrie's camp demanded a trade. If this is, hey, I got to get out of here. This isn't the place for me anywhere. I want to go play somewhere and win. But Ottawa wasn't winning at that time either. So it was a really strange, strange trade. And guess what? That's where this tree ends. That's it. Like the tree yeah. ends. Trade Comrie for a guy that never played for the franchise. This one's tough, and we'll get to the grading in a minute, but this one's tough. You, you like to follow these trade trees and go, look, we followed one a few weeks ago that ultimately ends up years and years down the road with a, a player, an asset, ended up being Jacob Chikrin in the trade we talked about last week. This one doesn't end anywhere. It's just no. over. Yeah, and, and looking at, listen, Mike Comrie, uh, you know, for all the uh, the promise early in his career, 
he did he didn't end up being he he ended up being a very unpopular player in a few markets and then he had some off the ice issues as well um was was to put it mildly a womanizer and there were you remember his breakup with with Hillary Duff that was well publicized as well there was just some ugly pieces to him but when you look at the trade at that point at least you could say okay the coyotes are finally committing to something that Mike Barnett and Wayne Gretzky probably should have committed to before instead of bringing on Brett Hull, Tony Amante, uh, Owen Nolan, Mike Comer, who have all this string of, of guys that they brought in thinking, yeah, we can compete. No, you can't. So they finally, it looked like they finally committed to a rebuild when they traded Comrie. They were trading pieces and they go into that draft with the third overall pick because they were garbage that year. And so they get the third overall pick. And this should sound familiar to Coyotes fans because who did they get in that draft? First of all, who went first in that draft? Player Patrick I heard Kane. of. Patrick yeah. Kane to the Blackhawks. Who went and third? Who went to the third? Kyle Turris. Yep. BJHL centerman. <laughs> Tall, lanky centerman that could score. That sound familiar? Wayne Gretzky loved him. Wayne Gretzky absolutely loved Kyle Turris. He loved him. I think he, we all said this as part of their organization that he saw a little bit of himself in Kyle Turris. He, he said really it. did. Yeah. So it's, it's, then that's how Kyle Turris ends up at Coyote. And it's unfortunate we've gone down that path with Kyle Turris. We won't revisit it today, but that path could have gone a little better for Coyotes fans too. But we talk about Mike Comrie in Edmonton. And if you go to your DraftKings Sportsbook app today and you can see the Edmonton Oilers are plus 600 right now. To win the Stanley Cup, not bad. The Coyotes, not so much. So, <laughs> I, what is the what are the Coyotes today? They're plus fifty thousand. And you know what, Craig, I wouldn't take that bet for the Coyotes to win the Stanley Cup. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app to make these or any other bets. Download it now. Use the promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And download the app today using the code PHNX, and that's DraftKings. You know what's interesting to me too, Petey, about this? Uh, when we talked about Sean Burke, you know, I think it was Jerry Brown, former beat writer for the East Valley Tribune, that called him a clubhouse lawyer. He was not afraid to talk to players about their contracts, to talk to management about his discontent, to talk to media about what was happening when did Sean Burke rejoin the organization? Well, it was after Wayne Gretzky had left. I think there were some issues there as well that might have helped uh, precipitate Sean Burke's departure from Arizona. But when we look at the uh, the string of goaltenders, it, it, we've talked about this on the show before. The Coyotes have a remarkable history of being able to find goaltenders who were maybe, maybe languishing somewhere else, bring them in, and revived their careers, and he was probably the start of that, of course. Nicky Hobby Bullen came over from Winnipeg and was the first really good goaltender in their history. But this started a string of, uh, of goaltenders whose careers they revived, and Philadelphia always seemed to want to get in on the action of the Coyotes' goalies. They got Robert Esch because they thought he was the next big thing. They brought Sean Burke in. They got Ilya Brizgalov thinking – Oh, the Coyotes know how to develop goaltenders. What was the one ingredient that Philadelphia never brought aboard that probably was the key to all that success? 
goalie coach Benoit Allaire, who who tutored all those guys. Yeah, and even he didn't tutor him. He tutored the guy that did tutor the rest of them, and that was Sean Burke. Because he right, right. Benoit tutored him, and then he came in, and and Sean Burke tutored multiple, including Devin Dubnik and Mike Smith. Mike Smith and yep. I mean, it, the, the, you, you look at the list; it goes on and on here at Arizona. And I have to say, the first one probably was Sean Burke, and his career. When he came into the league as a young, young player at the New Jersey Devils, he was the guy. I mean, 18, 19 years old, he was the guy. But by the time he came to Arizona that first time, yeah, his, his I don't want to say his career was over, but but he was starting to wane. And, and if not for Benoit Allaire, who changed the way Sean Burke played, changed his style for his size, brought him back deeper in the crease, made him play deep almost on the goal line, changed his whole game, revitalized his career. I mean, he makes the playoffs with the Coyotes, what, three times with, with the Coyotes? No, twice twice with the coyotes he was their mvp like he was the best player on this team revitalized his career became an all-star again um and again if not for brian boucher setting the modern day record for shutouts sean burke probably is not available for the philadelphia flyers and this trade probably doesn't happen but because of boucher's run and you thought oh he's young and they can keep him as the number one guy he's shown that he can do this now sean burke's available if not for that, I don't know if Mike Comrie's available. And all that happened because Sean Burke needed a rest. Mm. Uh, and if not, not for him needing a break. And I remember at the time, it was the, the coaching staff kept going, God, we got to get Sean Burke in. Can I get him back in? And we're like, no, he's got two shutouts, three shutouts, four shutouts. No, you can't play Sean Burke. And Burke hadn't sat out that long in, in years. So all of these things, and that's what's funny about when you look at trades, if not for all of these various factors, this trade would have never have happened. Yeah. And you're right about Berkey. Those, those best years, obviously, uh, 2000, 2001, then 2001, 2002. That second year, he finished third in Vezina Trophy voting and fourth in Hart Trophy voting. That's how good he was for the Coyotes in those seasons. And that's how well regarded he was around the league with what he helped that team do at the time. Yeah, and you can probably pick up a Sean Burke jersey. Actually, you can't, but you can pick up Philadelphia Flyer merchandise, Arizona Coyote merchandise at FOCO, F-O-C-O dot com. We are partnering with the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. FOCO has got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise. They have officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids. Everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits and Crocs. Head over to FOCO.com or click the link below the description for all non-presale items using the promo code PHNX for 10% off. And again, I told you this, I went through the catalog yesterday. There's plenty to get to you. Craig Morgan can build his collectible collection <laughs> even more. Yeah, you know me. I'm such a collectible guy. So, Well, and, and you go back to Sean Burke, so, and then you're right. What, what he became for this organization, even after his goaltending was over, and he comes back and he, I tell you what, rejuvenates what was – going on at the back end at the time. And he becomes, I, I, I still think he's one of the premier goaltending coaches in the league today. And what he did, remember Montreal was, was floundering and Carey yeah. Price's games floundering. He goes there and oh, next thing you know, he's standing on the bench in the Stanley cup finals. So I, we're really happy to see his path. I, I haven't been in touch with MC Mike Comrie for a very long time. His brother made a stop through Arizona. Eric Comrie now is with the Winnipeg jets. Again, one of the, one of the best people you ever meet uh, in Eric Comrie, great teammate and MC Mike Comrie is a guy that it took you a minute. It took you a minute and I'll be, it happened a lot with guys rolling through the locker room that you go, gosh, I'm not so sure about this guy. 
I don't know. I don't know. And it happened with Brian Boucher was another guy because he came in when Robert Ash left and Robert Ash was, Oh my gosh. Like if you know, Robert Ash, incredibly well liked in the room and Brian Boucher is a little brash and and you go, gosh, I'm not sure. But once you get to know him, fantastic guy, Brian Boucher. And and the same can be said about Mike Comrie where you weren't quite sure at first you go, guy, I don't know. Cause we lost Sean Burke. We love Sean Burke. And when you lose a guy like that in the room and you get a guy that you're not sure about, it takes you a little time to warm up to him. But he was another guy by the end of it. You go, gosh, we, we really liked Mike Comrie. And then you lose him for nothing. So that was, that was too bad. So before we go any further, Craig, let's talk about who wins this trade. I, I mean, it, it, it's impossible for me to say that the Coyotes won this trade, but it's impossible for me to say the Flyers won this trade because Burke didn't do anything in Philadelphia. They didn't get anything for him. He just moved on. Branko Radovojevic, they didn't offer a, a contract to when he was an RFA, so he just signed with Minnesota. So it's just about Ben Eager who gets traded for, eh. So I don't know. It's hard, I mean, and I'll say this too, because it's exactly, exactly the parameters of this trade. You get Mike Carmody, Arizona, who leads the ties for the league or the team, I keep saying league, five, ties for the team lead in goals the following season with 30. And that's not, Kyders weren't getting 30 goal scores back then. That's a big deal to get 30 goals. Period. Like, look at how many in their history. They yeah, so that's had. great. Great. Yeah. And, so and you, you talk about Burke, him, if Burke he gets into the playoffs. Seasons, right? If he had played yep. a few seasons here, you say, okay, the Coyotes definitely won it. But then they move him shortly well, thereafter for nothing. For nothing yeah, for he, the guy who plays in Russia. If he plays two or three more years and has 20 goal season, even a 19 goal season, then you go, well, Coyotes win. Coyotes win the trade, but they didn't. So I, I'm going to call this one for the first time. I'm calling this one a wash. This one's even to me. And it's not like they both win the trade. They both don't lose the trade. It's eh, eh, right. it's a wash. Yeah. It, it really made no trajectory difference for either franchise. And no one ends up at the bottom of the tree going, oh, they got this guy five years later, or they got this draft pick five years later. Eh. This right. is a trade that you just go, eh. It, it, it got teams through two more seasons of hockey. And that's about it. The one thing in, in, in researching this trade that I did find interesting has nothing to do with the trade itself other than trying to compete for bad draft picks. We go back to that 2004 draft. And this lottery luck or lack of, probably projects the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Stanley Cup. And here's what happened in 2004. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh was last in 2004. Dead last. Washington wins the ping pong ball lottery, right? So Washington takes Ovechkin. Pittsburgh finishes second and takes Evgeny Melkin. Okay? The following year is the lockout. So coming out of the lockout, the draft rules changed. And the way the lottery ran the next year, you either got three balls, two balls, or one ball. And if you were in one of these teams that didn't make the playoffs and you did not have a first pick overall in the last three years, you got all three balls. Well, Pittsburgh, because they didn't get Ovechkin the year before, they were able to get three ping pong balls in the 2005 draft. If they would have won the draft in 2004. They would only have had two balls and they would have had Ovechkin, great player. But now you get Evgeny Melkin at two. And because they had three balls in a 2005, they get Sidney Crosby. So in back-to-back years, you get Evgeny Melkin and Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise is now born. All because they lost the lottery in 2004. They win it, they get Ovechkin, great player, but you don't get Sidney. Somebody else does. And so it's funny. You lose in 2004. 
to win in 2005. And the worst team in 2005, again, was Pittsburgh, who was second to last, Arizona. But because of the way the ping pong balls fell, Coyotes picked 16. (sighs) And their lottery luck continues. Anyway, that was a tidbit I found interesting in researching. And it, it's always it's always the reminder that I send to people like when they talk about, well, look at how look at how the Penguins built their cup champion or look how the Blackhawks built their cup champion or look at how Tampa Bay built it. And, and Tampa Bay is a great example because they've done it a couple ways. They got some really good late round picks. None of those teams win cups if they don't have lottery success, because you yeah. have Sidney Crosby and Danny Malkin, you have Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, you have Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos. Sorry, without those pieces, yeah. I don't care how you draft the rest of the draft. Yeah. Without those key pieces, you're not winning cups. So stop talking to me about what a great job the Penguins and Blackhawks and Lightning did to build Stanley Cup champions. They, they made some good moves. I'm not trying to take away from those good moves. But if they don't get that lottery luck, we're not talking about any of that. They're just yeah, we're just talking things. about teams that are playoff teams. That's it. Yeah, you've got that core. You've got the you've got you 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 have to have both to win. You need those high lottery pick draft picks, but you need to surround them with the surrounding cast, which they did. So don't take that away from them. But you're right. Without those top picks, they don't win. Period. And what are the other thing those three teams had in common? They sucked. All three of them did. Pittsburgh was the worst team in the league. Worst team. Chicago. You were a Chicago fan. They well, were bad. There were there were years that building was near empty. And you have to Tampa, worse than the league. Colorado was worse than the league. You have to be really bad to get really good. And unfortunately, the Coyotes up until now haven't been bad enough. Until now. Yeah. You know, the team that really impresses me, and it's not a multi-cup winner. You, you I don't think you can win multi-cups without that thing. The team that impresses me the most that it built a cup champion is the St. Louis Blues. Because when you look at their draft history, they haven't picked in the past 15 years, they have not picked in the top three. Their highest pick was Alex Petrangelo at number four. Beyond that, you look at their draft numbers for the first round. I mean, they're not even picking top 10. And yet they were able to build a cup champion. That, to me, that's really good management. To find a way to build a cup champion when you don't have that premier piece at the top. I mean, obviously they they swung a trade for Ryan O'Reilly and that was a big deal. They they made some other smart picks. Jordan Bennington obviously leads them in goal, but that's the harder way to get there. If you don't have lottery luck, it's really hard. Those those examples are few and far between. By and large, when you look at the cup champions of this millennium, they had lottery luck, and that's how they got there. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is you watch all of these teams, and there's a lot of them, and it's it's – Tampa, it's Florida. We're seeing it right now. It's LA that has to give up draft picks, sell their soul down the road to win now. I mean, LA is a great example of it. And we talked about Florida's draft picks yesterday in the Florida show. They've got none, none. So you have to win now. So one thing I'm, I'm curious to see how the future unfolds for the Coyotes because they have so many picks down the road. The other element we've talked about all these winning teams, it's, it's hard to sustain that for any length of time because you sell your soul in the future to win now. And Tampa's been able to, to rejuvenate and pull in guys either through free agency or supplement guys through the draft. So Tampa's been able to stay there for a long period of time, but Chicago's doing it again. You, 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 you have to go through that cycle and they're back on the bottom of again. And when they dumped everybody, 
we're right back to where they were just in you know 2004 5 this is they're there again in more it's, ways it's, than one pd yeah i know i don't think you needed to go back to your your public image the way it was before you built these cup champions but <laughs> yeah. the blackhawks team probably skip that on, you know having everyone in the city hate them as well so i don't think you need to follow that blueprint to a t yeah just the just the uh, rebuild part well, and one thing they can use if you're a Blackhawk fan or a Coyote fan is you can definitely need a cold beer. So what better place than Four Peaks yeah. Brewery? You can enter our Toast of the Month sweepstakes at gophnx.com. And at the last Wednesday of every month, the entire PHNX staff heads down to the, the Four Peaks Brewery on 8th Street in Tempe. All shows will be live tomorrow, Wednesday the 27th. Arizona Coyote Show will be first at 11 a.m. Yes, you can start drinking at 11 a.m. You don't have to be 21 to go to Four Peaks and enjoy the PHNX staff and the shows and all of the great menu items, including the chicken tendies. But you must be 21 years or older to enjoy their locally brewed, brewed Four Peaks beers. And please... Enjoy responsibly. <laughs> I, you know what? And I did, and Leah's going to be mad. I just, you know what? I forgot to time quote all this. Uh oh. So now she's going to have to listen to the show. Maybe I'll wave my arms and she can see that. That was four peaks. I'll make a note. Whoops. <laughs> sorry about that, Craig. And I'm sorry you don't get to enjoy it. And I clearly won't get to enjoy it because I haven't been there. And I, if I miss one more fun thing, like, come on. I will be in the studio Monday. I don't care where our show's at 11. I will be drinking four peaks out of the fridge because it better still be there. But I hope you're enjoying good weather at least because, you know, even though the temperature is a little cooler here, that you know what that means with Arizona. That just means the humidity is way up. Yeah, it's, it's uh, beautiful here. I tell you what, if, if you are going to make the mid, Midwest swing, I picked the exact I, – I missed all of the 112, 14, 15 days. It's been fantastic. So I'm brilliant, and we're heading back just in time for some low 100. So that's – absolutely fantastic i just want to get home craig i want to sleep my own bed i'm ready let's go so we're on the road friday morning really looking forward to getting back um to a little bit of sunshine and i can handle the heat and i'll be back in the studio on monday and you probably will not be because your walker won't be fitted quite yet we'll see buddy any other things you got going this week craig any articles you got coming up well i mean i'm gonna have a mail right from the hospital bed I'm going to have a mailbag up a little later today. I'm trying, I'm working on some stories. This is a hard time of year to get a hold of people, if, especially if you don't work for the organization, apparently. Uh, everybody's on vacation. I'm trying to work on a couple stories, but you know me, I, I tend to dive a little deeper. And so one, one source isn't going to do it for me. So I'm working on some things, ho- hoping to have a couple more stories a little later in the week. But I do have a really lengthy mailbag that will be going up later today because i got a ton of questions so are we going to talk about shane don's contract not there but in the mailbag do we talk about it in the mailbag somebody asked about it there we go so if you want to hear about shane don's continued contract with the franchise make sure you check out craig morgan's mailbag at gophnx.com and become a member today become a member of the phnx family and you either get a free t-shirt from the phnx locker or your first month for just 50 cents for signing up. Join the uh, PHNX Discord. We get to talk to Craig, Guy, and Leah, and all of the other Coyote um, members about everything hockey-related and not hockey-related. Um, and if you're not watching, listening, 
and reading PHNX. I don't know why, because it is the best coverage of local Arizona sports in the state. Every sport, we got the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, ASU, U of A, and of course, your Phoenix Suns. So anything you need on local sports, make sure you go to gophnx.com, become a member, check out all the podcasts, hit your like button and subscribe. Craig Morgan, any other thoughts on this Tuesday? I think that's going to wrap it up for another Trade Talk Tuesday. Yeah, I'm out, buddy. I'm Steve Peters at S. Peters Hockey, and this is Craig Morgan at Craig S. Morgan. Join, join the show at phnx underscore coyotes. We'll see everybody tomorrow for another live show from Four Peaks Brewery, and I'll be remote from the Corn State of Iowa. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.